Welcome to Manners and Madness, a Jane Austen and David Lynch podcast. My name is Maya Adkins. And I'm Christian Cabrera. And today we are diving into love and friendship. Yes, God, I can never remember. I always want to call it Lady Susan. <laughs> <laughs> well, it might as well have been called Lady Susan because it was all about her and she's the best. And I don't know why they didn't just call it Lady Susan. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, and just like Lady Susan herself, we are overcoming obstacles today. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe with not as much grace, but... <laughs> uh, I think we did improve pretty well. Um, yeah, our microphone situation ex- kind of imploded on us for a minute. So we're um, rejiggering. Trying. Yeah. <laughs> Trying something different. So hopefully it won't sound too weird. Hopefully not. <laughs> But we'll, we'll make do. Yes. Yeah, but we're doing Love and Friendship from Whit Stillman, and I know you really love this one. I do. It's, I, I equate, I think earlier I equated it to like a period piece 30 Rock style because <laughs> it's just like, it's jokes after jokes after jokes. Like yeah. You don't get a minute to like breathe, <laughs> which is one of my, it's some of my favorite types of comedy. But I feel like everyone is so masterful yes. in this, and they completely understood the assignment. <laughs> Especially Kate Beckinsale, I feel like she immediately like knew what the script was about. Oh yeah, and delivered perfectly. And I just I always laugh throughout it like a <laughs> like an idiot. <laughs> I feel like when we started, like when we even first got the idea for this podcast, you were mm-hmm. like Jane Austen. Did she do Love and Friendship? Yes. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I think because this came out. I think was it 2016? Yeah. And what I think uh, we had just watched it shortly before you had started mentioning, like, oh, we should do a podcast. <laughs> and I remember, like, just ha- it being stuck in my head because it was I thought it was so funny. And I was like, I didn't know Jane Austen could be this funny. And, you know, lo and behold, yes. <laughs> at this point, I know. But this one is, like, really a joke a minute. Yeah. And it's so unlike a lot of her stuff. I mean, you can tell yes. it's her, but it just... Yeah. You could tell that she... I feel like she let loose in this one. Yeah. This, like, this was very, like, you know, anything goes. We're not really going to follow any structure, any yeah. sort of, like, respectability guidelines. <laughs> Everything was just perfect. Yeah. In my opinion. I agree. I think it's really good. It was hard to write the recap for, but we can get into that when we get to the recap. But Yeah. I mean, let's do our first impressions. Yes. Well, I watched it. I want to say it was like 20, either 2016 or 2017, like shortly after it came to Amazon. Uh-huh. And I loved it immediately. I've always loved Kate Beckinsale. I thought she, I've always thought she was great. And Chloe Seventy is always, <laughs> in my opinion, great. Uh-huh. But I just, I don't know, I loved it so much. I thought the costuming was really great. Oh, and it's beautiful, yeah. I, I think this is probably my favorite Jane Austen adaptation in regards to hair. Oh. <laughs> All the hair looked so, like, it was still very tight and curly and up, but it looked so beautiful on everyone, <laughs> which you don't often get. Yeah, and there was a big, big curly energy yeah. going on. Yeah. <laughs> very French almost, the hair. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Like, the stacked hair, and it was super curly. And there's a lot of makeup on some of the characters. But I also, I just really loved their chemistry. Yeah. I thought they were both so good, and it just... I don't know. I could watch this a million times. It's so funny to me. And I always get new jokes every single time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I probably watched it around the same time when it first came out. And I did like it. 
but I just hadn't really come back to it for some reason. I think maybe I did watch it one other time mm-hmm. before doing it for the podcast, but yeah, so when I watched it, I did kind of have an idea of what was ha- happening before, but yeah, writing the recap was very interesting because it was like, um, <laughs> I felt like I had to stop every two seconds. Every time I wrote something, I had to stop because I was like, wait a minute, I got to go back and hear what that line was because I feel like it was important. <laughs> What's this reference back to this? <laughs> yeah, because it's like only an hour and a half, so it feels like right. they make use of every second of it. <laughs> yeah, it's very much like a movie, I don't feel like we ever stop, mm-hmm. which is fine because we're not ever going too fast. Um, and we're entertained the whole time. I, never, I don't think there's any dull moments in this movie for me at all. No, no. I mean... Seriously, as soon as, like, a scene feels like it might be dragging on a little, then we're off to, like, another scene. (laughs) Where you just get a random character walking through, and you're like, who's that? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes. It's just, it's so good. I I also really appreciate how it is, like, the, I guess, viewpoint it takes on, like, marriage. Uh And how, like, really almost indisposable all the men are. Because I think we (laughs) had made a comment about... Some of them, how we were like, we didn't even, like, they were going through the scene so fast and through the story, and they kind of just bring new characters in. Yeah. And we kind of don't really get to hear about that person very much, and some of the male characters don't even have lines. Yeah, Mannering is just, like, a pretty face who I got confused with every other pretty face. So I was like, right. who is this person again? Exactly. Oh, Mannering. <laughs> but I just like how, even, it, like, it was just about Lady Susan and yeah. her friend. That's I appreciate, like, a, um, a female rake character yes and that Jane Austen was writing her as kind of the heroine yeah I mean I don't I think the ending is a little slightly different than Mm -hmm. um what happens in the book but not by much (laughs) right yeah that's what was shocked me too was like how much you said this was like how close it was to the actual epistolarian yeah it's crazy to think that like Jane Austen would write a character like this since (laughs) You know, all her other heroines kind of have broken some molds, but, like, I feel like not as much as uh, right. Lady Susan. Right. And I don't know if there's an equivalent... Well, maybe, like, a Mary Crawford in Mansfield mm-hmm. Park. Yeah. kind of close to a Lady Susan. But, yeah, it's interesting because I feel like, you know, even though <laughs> we tend to, like, think, oh, Jane Austen wrote this type of novel, so far uh, we've done a lot of talking about how this is different than most of her work. Right. She's only got like six novels, so it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess everything has got its own personality when it comes to Jane Austen. It does. Yeah. It's all of the same time period, obviously, all from yeah. her pen, but I feel like they all do have like a separate, you know, life mm-hmm. to them. And Lady Susan is really funny. I like that the epistolary nature of it, mm-hmm. it definitely made for like a lot of funny dialogue. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Yes. Little slight digs here and there that were so funny. <laughs> yeah, and I think I've read the epistolary novel, mm-hmm. but I don't really remember it. We'll definitely have to read it sometime for the podcast. Yes. That'll be fun. We should read that and Love and Friendship because Love and Friendship I'm not that familiar with except for just like the summaries I've read of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, we can pair them up together. <laughs> yeah. Although I don't think that this movie bared much resemblance to actual Love and Friendship. No, probably not. It's probably story. just like a good like name grab. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, well, well, should we go ahead and get into the notes? Sure. 
All right. So notes for Love and Friendship. It was um, first premiered at the Sundance Film Festival um, and on January 23rd, 2016. Yes. Um, and then, and when did it come to everywhere else? Let me see if I can find it. Because it went to every single festival possible. <laughs> I think that was right around the time I started really even thinking about film festivals as a thing. <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, I know... Yeah, me too. We had like the Jacksonville Film Festival, which I've like taking mm -hmm. photos at and stuff but I never really thought about like the Cannes Film Festival right or, like know, Sundance Sundance until around that time because I started following someone who was like mm -hmm. who went to those for her job and right. so she would like explain what they were all about and I was like oh that's a cool thing I never really knew existed I mean I guess I right. knew but I never really you know you like you don't ever think about it and it's literally just a place where people go to watch like kind of indie movies essentially. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it premiered there and it went to, I literally like the page is like scrolling for every single like film festival possible. <laughs> it was a directed and a written by Whit Stillman. Ah, someone I'd definitely like to learn more about. Yeah, yeah. And I think we will. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> he is really, I just love the script so much. I thought it was so funny. <laughs> He's clearly a Jane Austen fan. Yeah. I was like, you have to be a fan to, like, stay so authentically true to, like, yeah. be pistolary and yeah, just make it, you can feel a love on it. I was telling you this earlier, but for the podcast listeners, he wrote, like, a, some sort of a trilogy. I don't know if it's, like, uh -huh. technically a trilogy, but um, three movies that are all based in New York, and the one of them, I think, is the one you were telling me about, the last... Oh, Tango yes. Disco in Paris or something? The, um, oh gosh, I'm sorry. The Last Days of Disco. Oh, The Last Days of Disco. <laughs> <laughs> that was wrong. But that had Kate Beckinsale and Chloe Sevigny. Yes. But he also, together. the first one in that trilogy is called Metropolitan, and mm -hmm. it's been on our list of something to cover for the podcast someday because apparently there's like a big long conversation about Jane Austen, maybe about Mansfield Park, and I've seen it wow. written as. It is a modern adaptation of Mansfield Park. I don't know if mm -hmm. that's accurate, but I definitely want to look at that someday because yeah. I love it when somebody is a big fan of Jane Austen and has to feel like, I have to put them in my work. I have yes. to do a Jane Austen adaptation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm interested to see how his other uh, movies are like written and how he directed them to see how they compare. I think he wrote like a version of this book too. Like He, oh. he took his movie version uh -huh. and just made the epistolary novel more of like a novel novel mm -hmm. and yeah so that would be interesting i should read that someday too <laughs> yeah i think i might have that actually the audio version you should definitely check it out i'm sure it'll be really good <laughs> um and some of our main cast members uh, we have kate beckinsale as lady susan vernon oh god who's also in an emma we haven't seen yet yes yes <laughs> She has, uh, like all, almost all British actresses, <laughs> she has her very storied past with Jane Austen. <laughs> There's a lot of repeats in this movie. Yes. <laughs> Morfitha Clark, who we... Looked up how to pronounce <laughs> yes. that. <laughs> it's a, a Welsh name, and sometimes those Welsh names get crazy. She plays Federica Vernon. Tom Bennett as Sir James Martin. Jen Murray as Lady Lucy Manor. Manor? Man Mannering. 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 <laughs> we had literally had a whole discussion with this too. <laughs> I know, it's confusing. <laughs> Mannering. Lady Lucy Mannering. Uh, Lachlan O'Mirian as Lord Mannering. <laughs> the just hot brooding 
voiceless yes. floor <laughs> Zero Alliance. <laughs> Chloe Sevigny as Alicia Johnson. Stephen Fry as Mr. Johnson. Jordan Waller as the uh, head footman, also playing Edward, I guess. <laughs> and then Xavier Samuel as Reginald DeCourcy. Okay. And Emma Greenwell as Catherine DeCourcy Vernon. <laughs> and then Justin Edwards as Charles Vernon. Yeah, and we saw who... Okay, we saw... Oh, you mean the daughter... <laughs> Excuse me. Emma Greenwell? Emma Greenwell. Yes. She played Caroline Bingley in Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. <laughs> somebody else... Oh, and... Uh, God. Frederica. Frederica was also... Morfitha, Morfitha, Morfitha Clark. <laughs> Jesus. She played Georgiana in Pride and Prejudice. Yes. Which was a very small part. Blink and you'll miss her in that. <laughs> yeah. But we've got some... Yet again. Lots of crossovers. <laughs> um, and then James Fleet, who plays Sir Reginald Zacorsi, was also in Sens- Sensibility as John Dashwood. Right. Also, very. He was only in the opening scene. Right. Making <laughs> you miss it. So, a lot of crossovers. But he's good at actions. playing the lovable parent. <laughs> yes. Everyone is so good in this. Um. Let's see. Let's see. Should we save the trivia for the next half? Yes. Yes. <laughs> we'll save all the fun facts. For okay. The well, let's go ahead and get into the recap then. Yes. Amazon Studios. Mm-hmm. Very, the Amazon Studios logo is very Inception-ish with all of its weird puzzle pieces stacking oh, up. Oh, like stacking other. up. <laughs> yeah. And then we get some like harp music over the credits. It's a very um, just, you know, old school letters on black background credit. <laughs> yes. Okay. And then we go to Langford, November. Something bad has obviously happened at Langford. (laughs) Because there's a couple of weepy women leaving in a coach, dressed all in black, it looks like. Yeah. (laughs) And there are some presumed nobility yelling at them to wait, wait. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Waving a handkerchief in the air. (laughs) Including Lord Mannering, a divinely attractive man. (laughs) (laughs) Lady Lucy Mannering, his wealthy wife. Miss Mariah Mannering, his eligible youngles, y- younger sister, <laughs> who we never see again. I was like, we never got her again. <laughs> There's a lot of people who are introduced to him, like, they don't really need an introduction because we barely meet them. I wonder better. if there are some deleted scenes out there. Oh, it seemed like there were some alternate takes in the credits, at least. So. Yeah. <laughs> and Sir James Martin, wealthy young suitor of Frederica Vernon and Mariah Mannering. A bit of a rattle. <laughs> uh, Understatement. <laughs> I love a rattle. We don't get rattles these days. We don't. We should call people rattles more. I'm yes. sure I can be a rattle. <laughs> okay, and then we go to Churchill, where we meet Mrs. Catherine Vernon, née de Courcy, Lady Susan's sister-in-law, Mr. Charles Vernon, her obliging husband and brother of the late Frederick Vernon, and Mr. Reginald de Courcy, Catherine's young and handsome brother. (laughs) (laughs) They've received news that Lady Susan, the most accomplished flirt in all of Britain, is coming (laughs) to visit. (laughs) Like the perfect description. Yeah. (laughs) 
But according to Charles, that's all just jealous talk. <laughs> but Catherine seems very suspicious. <laughs> She's definitely got the, like, what was the Northanger Abbey? <laughs> you know Catherine's friend, Eleanor Tilney? Yes. Not Eleanor Tilney. Um, Not Eleanor. Isabella? Friend? Isabella. <laughs> I was like, remember, me. For some remember reason, in the eight, uh, 87 Northanger Abbey, Isabella's mm-hmm. hair looked so much like Catherine's hair, I think. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it was like that weirdly like high bee, high bee, yes. curliness, curly yes. blonde. Okay, sorry. Um, okay, so then we go to London, Edward Street. Here we meet Mrs. Alicia Johnson, an American exile, Lady Susan's friend, and Mr. Johnson, Alicia's older and respectable husband. <laughs> <laughs> they all have like these little credits, so I just wrote down. I really like the way they introduce them, how they get like their own like it's almost like the intro to like a soap opera where yeah. they like turn around and <laughs> it makes it really easy to introduce yes. everyone, but it makes it also very easy for us all to forget all their names. <laughs> yes, especially when you're like cycling through them so fast. Yeah, I feel like they just wanted to get it. Like, I can't believe this movie's only an hour and a half. But. I know. <laughs> so Lady Susan arrives dressed in black, presumably the carriage taker from the first scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mr. Johnson forbids Alicia seeing Lady Susan and threatens to send her back to Connecticut if she does. <laughs> <laughs> Worse than death is what she said. <laughs> to be tarred and feathered? <laughs> <laughs> no, worse. To go back to Connecticut. Uh, yeah, I think they were, um, at the time, this is, I don't think that she was American in the book, but at the mm-hmm. time period, there was a lot of like, because they had just lost the war. De- yeah, lost the war. So a lot of people who were sympathetic to the English were like being hung as traitors and tarred and feathered and stuff right. like that. <laughs> Yeah, good thing to go back to England. (laughs) Okay, yeah, he received a letter from his ward, Lucy Mannering. Mm -hmm. So Lady Susan, or so I guess Alicia explains. And it says that, she says that Lord Mannering is extremely agreeable, but she limited her flirting to Sir James Martin for Frederica. (laughs) For (laughs) Frederica. (laughs) But Mariah Mannering had also set his cap for him. Mm. So James proposed to Frederica, but she refused him. And now they have to live at Churchill with her brother-in-law. Or she does. <laughs> Frederica sought school. Yeah, there's a lot of times where I think I was assuming something was going to happen, but I wasn't really sure. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, She's bringing a gentlewoman, fallen on, on hard times, Mrs. Cross, to help her. But is sure that paying her would be offensive to them both. <laughs> <laughs> so she eventually sends her off to find a job. <laughs> She's like, I gotta take this paid gig because you're clearly not paying me. Pay me. <laughs> okay, Lady Susan has no money and no husband, but they do say that one's plight is one's opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're they're arriving at Churchill. It, they, the ladies think it looks decidedly boring, although it's this huge estate. Like, there's water right. behind it. It looks gorgeous. <laughs> right. It doesn't have these, like, crazy gardens. There's, like, ugh, a bore. <laughs> there's colorful student, or students, colorful servants and children to greet them when they arrive. And then 
Yeah, then we officially have the like meeting of Mrs. Cross as Lady Susan's impoverished friend who helps pack and unpack (laughs) as well as Wilson the butler at Churchill who we really didn't need an introduction to and the young curate of the Churchill Parish yes who we also could have definitely figured out without the introduction (laughs) the the uniform (laughs) Lady Susan doesn't think that Miss Catherine Vernon likes her (laughs) it may be because Lady Susan has always discussed uh, despised her and went to great play. Oh my God, Maya went to great pains to prevent her marriage and prevent them from buying a castle. <laughs> <laughs> I could see that leading her to be hated. She shan't reproach herself, however. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Lady Susan and Catherine have tea. Lady Susan admits her daughter is at school and says she doesn't think she'll visit even at Christmas. <laughs> but then we see Lady Susan talking to Mrs. Cross and she thinks that the school fees are too high and she can't even think about paying them. So in a sense, it's an economy. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't even think to pay this much. <laughs> so I'm really saving money. <laughs> uh, Reginald comes to visit. He seems excited to meet Lady Susan. She assures him that she has no interest in society. They do a lot of walking and talking together. And then she says that she thinks there's a pleasure in making someone predisposed to dislike admit superiority. (laughs) How delightful it will be to humble the pride of the de Courcys. (laughs) And then we go to Parklands, the ancestral estate of the de Courcy family. Mm -hmm. We meet Sir Reginald de Courcy, Catherine and Reginald's elderly father. And Lady de Courcy, their kind mother. (laughs) (laughs) Catherine has written to them about Lady Susan and Reginald's new friendship. And Sir Reginald is determined to leave at once. (laughs) And as he leaves, there's a peacock. (laughs) Oh, we did did spot a peacock. Peacock watch. (laughs) They are super, super rich. Yes. (laughs) So Sir Reginald and younger Reginald talk <laughs> yeah, his father says that as the sole son of an ancient family that he has responsibilities and Reginald shuts down the idea of him and Lady Susan and blames jealousy on his sister's part <laughs> and Sir Reginald thinks an attachment would destroy the family but young Reginald says that he ima- what he imagines is impossible <laughs> Lady Susan has already won him over. <laughs> oh, she most certainly has. <laughs> <laughs> it took no time at all. Yeah, we almost don't see any of the like machinations of Lady Susan. Right. We see some of them, but like a lot of stuff kind of happens off screen and it's just like, oh, that's what happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I guess probably comes from the epistolary novel portion mm-hmm. of, yeah. Okay, so Mrs. Cross is leaving. She got a paying gig. (laughs) (laughs) Finally. (laughs) Susan has gotten a letter from Frederica's school that she ran away. They caught her before she got too far, but now she must be removed from school. So Susan takes Charles to go put it right. (laughs) (laughs) I think, is, is this where the line... Where the the per, the head? What would you call the person who runs the school? The headmistress. The headmistress is like says that she can't have Federica at the school anymore because of the reputation. <laughs> <laughs> and, and is it Reginald? He says like reputation. I've never even heard of yeah. the school. 
<laughs> I think that is where it's happening. <laughs> okay, so I guess on the way or whatever, Susan takes a detour to talk to Alicia some more. Mm-hmm. She said she played her part as Susan instructed when Sir James called. <laughs> oh, okay, so she, uh, Alicia played her part as Susan instructed when mm-hmm. Sir James called. Alicia says the Vernon women have him wrapped around their fingers and he would marry either of them instantly. (laughs) (laughs) Lady Susan, though, thinks that she may need to find a new school because Frederica can't stay with her at Churchill. (laughs) (laughs) She also, there's a really funny moment where a man comes up to say hello and she dismisses him. That is my favorite part of this movie. I'm going to announce it right now because that is the part that stuck with me the most. <laughs> what did she say? Do you remember? He comes up and he like like is like, oh, Lady Susan. And she said immediately is like, how dare you, sir? <laughs> and he's like stuttering and she's like, uh, like saying, how dare you approach me like that in public? Uh, like, be gone. I'll have you whipped within an inch yeah, of your life. I'll have you whipped within an inch of your life. Be gone. <laughs> And uh, Alicia makes a comment about, like, like a stranger. How rude. Like, how rude. And she was like, oh, he's not a stranger. I know him very well. <laughs> I would never speak to a stranger that way. <laughs> <laughs> it is the part that makes me laugh the hardest, and I've never <laughs> forgotten it. Uh, yeah, Kate Fickensell is really good. I think that's, like, part of the part of the movie where I was like, all right, I'm all in for Lady Susan. Like, 100%. Yeah. She could do no wrong because she's the best. <sighs> Okay, so then we see Lady Susan talking to Reginald, and she's talking about Americans being ungrateful (laughs) uh, just because Alicia was loyal to the crown, and she says that only having children that one can begin to understand such a dynamic. (laughs) (laughs) She's so funny. Okay, so Frederica is out of school, and she's come to see her mother. She looks nervous, though, when she walks in. I think Charles basically collected her when he yeah. couldn't get her to stay in. She runs out of the room immediately. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Frederica... Yeah, so, okay, so Frederica's out of school. I hear to see her mother. She looks nervous and runs out. Frederica sits in her room as Lady Susan continues her walks with Reginald, and she doesn't have much good to say about her daughter. So I think she like goes on a walk before she goes to visit her Yes. <laughs> and then we get the proper introduction of Miss Frederica Vernon, Lady Susan's eligible daughter, and a reintroduction of Sir James Martin, her unintended. Yes. <laughs> he gets two introductions. She obviously doesn't like him and tries to avoid him when he arrives unexpectedly. (laughs) And he rambles on for like five minutes in a very ridiculous and silly manner, which is so funny. Yes. (laughs) I feel like he is such like a a character. I think we had mentioned that we want more characters like him in these adaptations (laughs) just because he's so funny and just like an idiot, but like in a great, lovable way. Yeah. He's just like so bumbling and I... I don't know. There's something about his silliness that I'm like, I would definitely just go for him. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you find out eventually that he's clearly the easiest to manipulate. Yeah, really. <laughs> you can get literally whatever you want. Yeah. Okay, so finally Lady Susan goes to find Frederica hiding in her dark room. Because <laughs> she ran away as soon as um, Sir James yeah. got there. She says she can't bear to see Sir James... And Lady Susan reminds her that their situation is precarious. They don't live, they visit. 
And Lady Susan wants her to honor her mother. <laughs> what was it? She said the fourth commandment. Yeah. <laughs> Remember the fourth commandment. Come on. You can tell me. You can fourth say. commandment. She was like, I know them. I just don't know their numbers. <laughs> but it's, you know, honor thy mother and father. Right. Because she wants her to do. And she doesn't want her to end up destitute. She also insists that she does not talk to her aunt and uncle about it. <clears throat> It's it's such a, a like a, a contrasting scene to what we usually get for these kind. Whether like usually like the Lady Susan character would be kind of like very like mean uh-huh. and kind of like almost like try to be to scare them into doing what they want. But she she like sticks to this thing of like that <laughs> idea that like you know you can catch more flies with honey because she's like I can manipulate her and be nice to her and she'll just <laughs> do what I want eventually yeah well part of me at this point is wondering is this part of Lady Susan's grand plan to get her and Reginald together like I is this some like mm-hmm. some cause I don't think if she was right out and out was like I think you should be with Reginald she would ever want to be so I'm like maybe she's using some sort of weird reverse psychology yeah. to get them together I I don't know for sure but I just <laughs> the way it ends and the just like how we come to find Lady Susan is I feel like she is so she was cunning enough to have this grand plan where she's like I am going to coerce people to do whatever I want <laughs> and it will work out this way because I am a genius <laughs> and she's good at thinking on her feet and like changing yes. her plans midstream she's like a master of like <laughs> Charisma. Yes, definitely. So good. Okay, so... <laughs> okay, so then we go to dinner. Sir James is amazed by the peas. <laughs> <laughs> Little green balls. Little sweet green balls. He doesn't even have anything else on his plate. Everybody else has food. He's just got like a plate and of peas. And it opens with him just like throwing them around <laughs> the plate. <laughs> and he is just amazed by these peas and he has to have them in his garden. Yes. <laughs> what does he say? He can make a packet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just like how all the rats are like, they're just bees. <laughs> I'm pretty sure everyone has them. Yeah. Although Charles seems to like him. <laughs> he thinks his conversation is lively. Um, <laughs> Charles loves everyone. I love Charles too. Um, Lady Susan thinks Sir James is acting like a fool because of Reginald. Or at least she tells Reginald that he is. <laughs> right. It's because you're so handsome and eligible. Yes. He just can't act normal around you. Because he's intimidated by your status. <laughs> yeah. And she also explains how precarious the position of a young woman without money is. Mm-hmm. Alicia and Susan are still meeting on the sly. Reginald seems in love with Susan, but she prefers Lord Mannering. <laughs> <laughs> and Alicia still thinks that young de Courcy might be worth having. <laughs> I like Alicia's just like always willing to be like, well, sure, whatever you want, but there's also this option. Right. <laughs> Alicia, what I love about her is that she's so, like, there's not a point in the, I think, in the entire movie where she's like, oh, maybe you shouldn't do that. Yeah. She's just like, do whatever you want. Yeah. This is fun. She's just don't a great send time. me back to America. Right. Let me send back to America. Does not want to go back to Connecticut. <laughs> Sir James comes to talk to Frederica and ask her about her breathing habits. <laughs> um, he brings up Lady Susan pretty early on at that conversation. Mm-hmm. And then they start talking about the 12 commandments. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure there were only 10. It's another like five minutes of just Sir James 
yes. rambling on, which is hilarious. <laughs> which two can I get rid of? <laughs> Definitely can't get rid of murdering and stealing because Except that's... for those are obvious ones, so nobody would do that anyway, so why have them? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, oh, there's a little caption. Soon to be a relative, Sir James Martin aids a widow. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, something involving a carriage. I don't know what that's really about. Yeah, me neither. But he's happy to do it, whatever it is. Yeah. I think it's just showing that Lady Susan has him wrapped around her finger. Yes. And then we have a dance. Yay. <laughs> Can't have an Austin adaptation without a dance sequence. No, this is just like a private dance, like a family mm. get-together dance. Almost like a family reunion or something. Yeah, I feel like that kind of a dance happens a lot, but we don't see it a lot in adaptations mm-hmm. because I mean they happen in the books a lot. But we we usually get like the grand. Yeah, ballroom we usually kind of stuff. just like we don't need to see every little dance right. <laughs> at everybody's house. <laughs> but that looked like a dance I could do because it kind of yes. like there's a pattern like these two people do it, these two people do it, then we all go around the arch, and then yes. these two people, these... <laughs> you don't need to have, like, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight steps, and exactly. this. It's just circles and circles. Yeah. Frederica looks miserable. <laughs> <laughs> Sir James is delighted. Yes. <laughs> I love it for the dance. He's just like, ah, laughing <laughs> and bouncing with every little beat. I just like the little, like, side looks that Susan gives him. She was like, okay. Yeah. Meanwhile, her and Reginald have some sexual tension during the dance a little bit. Of course. (laughs) There wouldn't be a dance without sexual tension. Yeah, seriously. And I made that the halfway mark. There's a couple of scenes that, you know, could be, but I figured... um, That's a good spot. Yeah, that's a good spot to end it. Yeah. So... <laughs> so I guess you already told me what your favorite moment from this section was. Yes. The the yelling of her at her friend. I'll have you whipped. I'll have you whipped. I would never talk to a stranger that way. Yes. It's the funniest line. <laughs> Honestly, I think some of my favorite moments in this half are Sir James acting mm-hmm. a fool. <laughs> the Twelve Commandments. I don't know. He's like the most harmless rattle <laughs> yes yeah he literally has no ill intention whatsoever no and i loved him at the dance like yes i was so excited <laughs> to be here <laughs> it's like if we had arthur from saniton but like way dumber and <laughs> just there for the ride yeah <laughs> i don't feel like there's a lot of characters in jane austen where i'm like i or male characters i should mm-hmm. say where i'm like i just love your ridiculousness <laughs> yes i agree and he really works for me. Yes, he's <laughs> I so could fun. see him playing like a Collins and making Collins, mm-hmm. you know, a more fun character. More of like a goofball. Yeah. I'm interested to read about Sir James Martin in like the epistolary just to see how like how she literally wrote him down. Yeah, that's true. Just to see how like how ridiculous it yeah. is <laughs> on paper. Definitely. These might be short ones, but we also have the excuse of uh, our microphones breaking out, so whatever. (laughs) We'll be okay. (laughs) Okay, so deep dive? Yes. So I thought I'd start off the deep dive by just saying, when I was going through all my, or looking through, you know, research, Uh I basically, all I could find were reviews, but there were 
a million reviews. There were reviews <laughs> from The Economist, The Catholic World Report, The New Yorker, The National Review, Bitch Media, BBC, Euronews, We Are Movie Geeks, Common Sense Media, Jasna, wow. and pretty much all of them loved it across the board. <laughs> of course, it's so good. I only found one blog, which is like, we've actually used this blog before, but it's okay. like a Jane Austen scholar. Uh-huh. And they said they didn't really like it on the first viewing. So <laughs> It could be just to fall in love with it. But I think they were looking for a little more love and friendship. Mm-hmm. They, they might not have known that it was completely going to be all Lady Susan. Okay, I could see that. And yeah. they were just like, their expectations were not what that actually happened. Yeah. Which I just think it's so fun to see, like, just how many corners Jane Austen love. Especially this Seriously. one, particularly, because it's, like, not your typical Jane Austen. And it's kind mm-hmm. of like um, an anti-heroine in a way. Yeah, a little <laughs> bit. It's not like, you know... Uh, and we'll eventually get to categorizing, but she's not a lawful good, yeah. like most heroines are. So exactly. <laughs> but I, I, and I'll leave the, actually I'll wait for my final thoughts for this comment. Okay, okay, okay. So I did a little bit of research on the actual stories. First, I'll tell you about love and friendship. Okay. <laughs> it's a short story. Jane Austen wrote it as a teen, most likely to read to her family. Okay. And in it. She uses the story to humorously mock all conceptions of love at first sight and (laughs) superficial female friendship. There's a quote from it, which I particularly like, and it's in, I think this quote is in an adaptation of Mansfield Park Mm -hmm. that we'll get to someday, which I really like. And it's, beware swoons, dear Laura. A frenzy fit is not one quarter so pernicious. It's an exercise to the body, and if not too violent, is, I dare say, conductive to health and its consequences. Run mad as often as you choose, but do not faint. (laughs) (laughs) And then Lady Susan is actually pretty close to the movie. Um, A lot of the dialogue in the movie is taken straight from the novella. Oh, wow. The main difference is that in the novel, Reginald at the end realizes Lady Susan's deceptions. And it isn't implied that Lady Susan is pregnant. But other than that, it's pretty much um, the same. (laughs) Yeah. I do like the the fact that she gets away with it. Oh, totally. (laughs) And the whole, like, Lord Mannering gets her pregnant. Mm -hmm. And Sir James Martin has no idea. It just adds to the comedy for me. I know. I love where she ends up, and she's like, I've got the man I really want as my boy toy, and I've got the one taking care of me. Right, the rich one. (laughs) I can do whatever I want, because he can't even conceive of a woman being infidel. Right. (laughs) No. Uh, Adulteress. Adulteress. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but so for the first half, I decided we should sort Reginald de Courcy. Okay. Because he seemed kind of like the second main character to me (laughs) yes okay so for um astrology i have two choices for him okay one is aries okay i think i was looking at uh manipulatable signs (laughs) (laughs) or how they're manipulated so aries people control you by holding back when someone doesn't give you everything you want and puts up a wall between you you couldn't be more intrigued the less they give, the more interested you are. You can't stand an unsolved mystery, and as independent as you are, if someone has hooked your interest, it's amazing what they can make you do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. And then my other option was 
Taurus. Okay. It's your selfishness that controls you. When you want something, you gotta have it, and you will do anything to have it now. You don't react well to no or someone telling you that you can't have something you have your eye on. Reverse psychology works well in you. When you're told no, you can't, you just get more determined. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one too. Yeah, I think the Aries is a little more yeah. accurate, but I did like the like reverse psychology works on you. Yes. <laughs> and the whole like selfish, self-centered kind of ness of yeah, it. Because he's true. you know, he's rich hot man yeah. so <laughs> maybe he's like Aries Taurus cusp yeah <laughs> definitely a cusp <laughs> and then uh, hopefully anyone out there who hasn't written in but is screaming at their podcast every <laughs> week say could you please learn how to do the sorting correctly before you start <laughs> uh, we did find an article called the nine alignments so I've written down what all of them are so I could um, Just reference them back <laughs> Get my wrap my mind around this D and D thing, but I chose for him neutral good. Mm-hmm. And it says most people are, or most good people are, most likely neutral good at heart. They'll use the law to enact as much good as they can and work outside it or without it when necessary. For some neutral good people, in fact, an allegiance to either chaos or law is a detriment to the greater goal of promoting good. So. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> At first, I was gonna say like lawful neutral, but I could mm. totally see him being like like breaking the law mm. to do something. Yeah, good. yeah. I could totally see that. Lawful neutral says they're truly committed to law as an ideal. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I could totally see that. So yeah, so neutral, <laughs> neutral good is what you said. Yeah. I like that. Okay, and I guess do you want to do? Final thoughts for this first half, or we should wait and do Let's do it, yeah, we'll do that at the end of the second part. So, uh, recommendations. Recommendations. (laughs) Um, do you have... Yeah, I know mine. Do you want me to go ahead first? Um, sure, I can go ahead. So, my recommendation is going to be, uh, music. And it's a, an artist called Brie Runway. Okay. She is, I believe, and I'm going to double check because I should have done this earlier, but she's a British, uh, yes, she's a British like singer, rapper, songwriter. And I just found her and I'm kind of obsessed with her. She's like got a really cool like image and her songs are so they're so British to me because <laughs> like it's like you know that whole like British I think it's a style of like hip hop or rap it's called like grime or it's something like that it's got some I don't know a lot of <laughs> sorry <laughs> that might have been meant to be a rhetorical question but it's just got notes of that but she's so talented and she's got this album called 2004 Eva with like a number four. Uh-huh. And she's got like a song with Missy Elliott. Um, I with, like Missy Elliott. <laughs> yes. It's really good too. And a song with Malibu Mitch, who's another rapper I really like. But it's just got, it's just so much fun. And I think she's really cool and really talented and I just can't stop listening to her. Awesome. So Brie Runway. Cool. Let's check it out. Yes. <laughs> I always say it and I never <laughs> listen to any music. Okay. Once that playlist comes out. <laughs> Uh, my recommendation for this week is a sh- 
documentary I watched on Netflix called The Last Blockbuster. Okay, I've heard. It was a very weirdly nostalgic trip because I Mm. feel like I was alive for all (laughs) of the pieces of the... Because it starts pre-Blockbuster, like Uh when video stores first started. And, you know, I don't really remember... um, Josh was over here yesterday when we were talking about it, and I was Mm -hmm. like, I don't really remember specifically a video store that we went to before Blockbuster. Uh-huh. But I do have like a memory of private you know, Privately video owned. stores. Mm-hmm. It was really interesting because like I remember as a teenager I had friends who worked at Blockbuster and it was like a coveted job to get like <laughs> <laughs> and they did like crazy hair drug tests so like Oh wow. <laughs> you know, us potheads in high school like, well we can't get there. Those people had to like not do anything for months and months because you, you get know, tested. You know. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that shouldn't be my point of the story. But <laughs> yeah, it was really a fun documentary, and you know, it was kind of sad because you know it talks about the last blockbuster mm-hmm. that in existence, which I is still around at least according to the documentary. It was like as of the time we're putting this out, it's still around even after the pandemic and everything. Wow. that's crazy. Yeah. So, <laughs> it was just a really fun watch. I definitely recommend it, especially if you have any old nostalgic feelings about For Blockbuster. <laughs> I, I yeah, I don't I don't remember any time before Blockbuster, but I remember Blockbuster being such like a integral <laughs> part of like childhood. Yeah. And but we also had um, in Miami where I grew up for part of my life we had blockbuster and we had hollywood video oh yeah do you yeah. have yeah Holly- hollywood video i used to go to hollywood hollywood video more than blockbuster once i was mm-hmm. old enough to like go on my own oh, okay well we used to because they were kind of like where we lived they were like almost like almost right next to each other so if we went to blockbuster and didn't have it we would go to hollywood video <laughs> but i also distinctly remember that's when they started renting video games Oh. And that was like a big thing because I was like, I can play this video game because my parents are not going to spend $50 <laughs> on a new game. See, I never felt comfortable uh, renting video games because I knew it was going to take me longer. Yeah, it was more <laughs> so like the out. quick, like the quick little like almost arcade style games. Yeah. But I just, I, yeah, I remember Blockbuster. It's crazy to think about <laughs> like what it, like just like the concept of it. I know. You know, those were the days. I also used to go to the library a lot as a kid, mm-hmm. which I don't even have a library card anymore. Probably uh, yeah. because I was living in a town without a real library. So right. <laughs> now that I'm in a town with a library, I should go get my library card again because it's been a long time. It's, so yeah. I've been in a library. <laughs> I, um, I remember growing up, I we would go to the library every summer because my mom, my dad would work days and my mom worked nights at a hospital. And she... To sleep during the day, she would be like, get a bunch of books you're reading this whole week. <laughs> and so yeah. I remember I used to read so much, and I just had to get a library card for a book, like a project I did for college. And it was so, it was so weird to go in and ask for a library card. And <laughs> I know. Just... It's, it's amazing how much of my early life revolved around, you know, like um, return dates. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Between libraries and blockbusters, you always had to know, okay, this is due then. You right. Pay the fees. <laughs> well, what's so crazy is that, like, now you get, like, a receipt. I got a receipt at the library and was like, these books, here's the due date. But it was, like, three weeks. Yeah. Which I thought was crazy. Well, once Netflix 
started with their DVD subscription and it was yeah. like you can keep it for however long you just won't get a new one until you right you gotta send it back one. and yeah <laughs> um, but it was crazy and then like at the li- our library they had like a self checkout which I was like I am not doing that what? <laughs> you gotta like you know, slide the book and I'm just like I'm not doing all that off an alarm for sure <laughs> yeah I was like I'm gonna they're gonna say I'm stealing something so but it's it's I don't know I, I have got, grown re-enamored with uh, libraries and I kind of want to like start going back yeah now there's one right down the street I should definitely be going I think yeah. my uncle even works at that library so <laughs> you have some good libraries over here yeah the one um, the big one on mm-hmm. Cory Road probably not <laughs> not interesting to people <laughs> it's books close and <laughs> it's close enough <laughs> But anyway, yeah, so that's all for this week. Next yes. week, we'll come back with the second half of Love and Friendship. Yes, and some more silliness. Yeah, all the fun, exciting conclusion. And we'll sort Lady Susan herself. <laughs> oh, already got my ideas. <laughs> <laughs> so come back next week. If you want to get in contact with us, tell us about the first time you saw Lady Susan and what was your first impression. Yes, uh, we will not accept any Lady Susan hate, so if we see that, we will delete it. But, <laughs> but if that was your first impression and... I, yeah, if it was your it was if it was your first impression, what is your actual? It would actually be interesting to know because yeah. considering I couldn't find barely any bad reviews of it. Yeah, if <laughs> someone had to a know if someone negative. was like, I didn't like it. <laughs> right. You could email us at mannersandmadness at gmail.com. You could DM us on Twitter at mannersmadness or on Instagram at mannersandmadnesspod. Or you can leave a woman in voicemail on our website at mannersofmadness.com. Yes. And please give us a rating or a review. We would really appreciate it. We got a couple yes. more stars ratings. Yes, and we're five very stars. happy. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Yes. So that's it. So come back next week. We'll still be on this weird microphone setup. So hopefully, hopefully it's good. good. <laughs> <laughs> it won't last forever, though. Just maybe these two episodes, yeah, just if these anything. Two. <laughs> So, but yeah, come back next week. All right. Good night. Bye.